Hello, this is Grace Hayes, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Another edition of Up in the Mix coming to you hot from various locations. This is Sean, aka the Truth, aka the Super Nicest, aka the Narmister R, aka not the black dude that you thought I was. This is Caesar, aka De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? Elomna de, <laughs> de la Gente, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, and track suit poppy. Coming in with episode 99 for you guys this week. Caesar, uh, how are you? Doing pretty good, especially it's Friday. I'm very happy it's the end of the week because working from home, it feels like I'm on house arrest. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't leave the house usually unless I'm running like a quick errand. But other than that, I stay home Monday through Friday no matter what. But I did it. Same old, same old. Yeah, I did get to pick up my business cards this week. So you guys will be seeing the De La Foto Pigeon all over the place. And what else? And that's pretty much it, just working from home. How about your week, Sean? Nice. Uh, this week was interesting. I joined Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again. I mean, I had a Twitter account like 10 years ago, but never used it. Like, yeah. my last tweet was something about the Mavericks winning the NBA title. So <laughs> that's how long ago that was. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, up in the mix is now on Twitter. You can follow us at up in the mix one, mm-hmm. just at up in the mix one for that. But yeah, uh, did that uh, work was good. Like it was their first complete week of work, I think. Yeah. So we went to work like mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, no school cancellations or anything getting into, uh, getting into like a rhythm of some, somewhat of the school year, but I have, a, I have a student intern, student teacher teaching with me this semester. So also this week is the week he started to take over the class. Mm. So I had a little, I have less work to do. <laughs> so I'm adjusting That's good. to that. Like next week he'll be completely in control. So I'll be, you know, having to busy myself throughout the day. Like literally I won't be doing any teaching. Yeah. So. How many students do you have right now? With, Not that many. With all the... Uh, all the thing thing going around uh i think we have like probably 15 distance ed students okay and then in-person students total in the whole school is like 14 dang or maybe 11 i don't know it's like we've been getting kids and losing kids so yeah uh my largest period has three kids and i have one period with one kid dang Student, student teacher must be pumped on that. Yeah, I, I feel bad for him. Like, you're not going to learn as much as you would if it's just like, I was like, my old school with wilding out kids and everything. Like, that was, that's what you need. Exactly. You need to know what you're getting into um, at the very beginning 
to see because yeah you know you went to school for so long when do you look, look this guy this guy is like 50 okay. 50 something dang and like worked late. he's worked in education just not as a teacher okay so like okay, he's okay. worked at high schools and stuff so he kind of knows about kids mm-hmm. but it is a huge adjustment teaching because yeah, he's yeah. never like been in that capacity with him so he's been a coach and stuff but yeah, super nice guy. It'll be an interesting few months for sure. Yeah. But um, it has been. But yeah, so uh, but, we, we have some guests or one guest. <laughs> we have two guests this week. We They are uh, old friends. I've known them a long time. Uh, both of them used to work at Silver Peak. And as you guys know, that used to be the spot for me and the, the squad back in the day. I feel that was the only uh, spot but, back in the day. <laughs> it was the only spot back in the day downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, met, I've known them for a long time, seen them in many different capacities working around town. But now they have their own spot. Welcome to the show, Tyler Gregory and Carlos Perez from Pax and Pints. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey, could you? Just uh, mic checking. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, okay. And Tyler, we got you. How are you guys doing? Because now I can't see you guys. <laughs> oh, Carlos, come on, buddy. <laughs> Dude, my, hey, sorry, my phone was dying. Uh, I had to go get a charger, and now I don't know what I did to this thing. But anyway, <laughs> if you could hear me, yes, we it's can hear perfect. you. Oh, we there we go. You. There we go. I got you. <laughs> We're looking at the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what it's like being his his uh his partner in crime. <laughs> it's hilarious. Fun time. Yeah. Right? You yeah. guys need to you guys need to have a reality TV show so people can watch this uh, this interaction. Yeah. Oh god, it would be it would be like twice as popular as Big Brother because it's only the two of us just fucking with each other nonstop. That's good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, little introduction, guys. Introduce your guys self. Yeah. Tell you, yeah, tell us about yourselves. Carl, go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, I was uh, born in Mexico City, moved here, or my parents moved here when I was two years old, and I've been here ever since. What high school did you go to? Um, Veterans Elementary, Vaughn Middle School, and Wizard High School, baby. All right, nice. there you go from the beginning to the end and it, yeah i drive yeah. by i drive by veterans every day <laughs> really nice that was that was my hood man nice Locust yeah. Street, baby <laughs> <laughs> i used to I, yeah that, that's funny that's funny <laughs> tyler Started from you? the bottom now we're still at the bottom i mean uh, <laughs> now we're here sorry <laughs> uh, i'm tyler gregory um I grew up here. Uh, I was born here. I've tried to leave here. I can never stay away long enough, so I just decided to make it home. Uh, my family has been here since the late 1800s. I'm a fifth generation Reno High graduate. Oh dang! Uh, Damn. Oh, dang. Yeah, my my grandpa played basketball for Reno High in two in 1903. I played basketball for Reno High in 2001. 1903? 03? Yeah, it, it's a trip. So we've, we've been in this area a long time. Uh, it's home. I, I, I moved as far away as Germany and would have dreams of Keystone Ave 
and realize that it's time to come back. That is the Reno hey, shit I've uh, ever heard in my life. Some, yeah. I, actually went, I actually went with him. I actually <laughs> went with him to Germany when he was moving out there. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, my buddy Carl. out there. I didn't know that it was going to be a fucking six-month trip. <laughs> you thought you were moving? <laughs> I, I thought I'm he was trying moving. to become an expat, moving to Germany. You know, I was going <laughs> to learn the Deutsch and yeah. drink the beer. And have all the fun. And uh, I mean, little you... did I know that the dollar was worth shit compared to the euro when I <laughs> <Yeah>. left. Until <laughs> yeah. tax season came. Uh, yeah. Your beard, with your beard and uh, that your mustache, uh, you got it. Your look, you must have fit in perfectly yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm interviewing for the fill-in on uh, MythBusters right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just need the beret. You, you look, need the beret. I just like that dude. Don't worry, I took a picture and I'm gonna share it on social media. Yeah, uh, please do, please yeah. do. But uh don't know what we're talking about. Dude, that's that's crazy that your family's been here this long. I think I think your spirit is wasn't just meant to leave, it's just meant to be here, probably, you know. I feel that. I mean, honestly, everything positive in my life is here. Uh when I finally just accepted it and realized that Reno is the amazing place it is and sparks included this whole region uh it kind of changed my perspective and i i I quit fighting that idea that i needed to leave and started accepting the idea that this was home and and i needed to just build my own version of how awesome it is Mm -hmm. yeah and and we love we love uh hearing that from our guests on the show and another thing i like to say how you want to be an expat and when you come to America, you're like an alien, an illegal alien. Yeah. But, oh. No, it's crazy. I was I was definitely an illegal alien there, man. The Germans <laughs> are trip. Like, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they hit you with it pretty hard. I mean, like, they don't give a shit about skin color. It's all about language and this shit and that. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Fun. Hey, remember remember being in the in the trains and fucking they knew English, but they didn't want to even talk to us in English because they were like, fuck you. You're here. You fucking, you, you, yeah. you better know how to. Stupid Americans. <laughs> yes, because yes. of well, course they know because usually everyone else around the world knows three languages and English is one of them and where their home country is and usually another, yeah. another romantic language. See, Carlos and I are really good at the language of drunk. And so we <laughs> figured that being in Germany, that would make it, it would give us this little whatever mm-hmm. oh it was uh, fun it was fun yeah it was a good time no the germans are great we got i got some great friends over there um I'll, I'll i'll throw a little shout out uh a guy that grew up here went to reno high opened up a brewery over there called yankee kraut with uh our german buddy the americans about five foot two and 120 pounds and the german guys <laughs> sean he's like three inches bigger than you and 100 pounds bigger than you so <laughs> it's it's some funny shit, man. Yeah. But they they're they're doing it over there. They're pretty pretty good. So so I'm just gonna put this out. Into yeah, the, it, out into the in, universe. In Oktoberfest, where I couldn't drink anymore, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. And they're like, No, you're not done. You're drinking Rattlers now. I'm like, All right, bring the Rattlers out. Uh, I'm that's just, that's Germany for you. Yeah. I want to put it out into the universe. We should have a. Uh, up in the mix, packs and pints trip to Germany. Uh, let's do it. 
Let's do I'm it down. next year for Oktoberfest, man. I'm in. 100%. Yeah, Oktoberfest. I'm in. Perfect. Because ha- the half the battle. I'm all in. Half the battle is having Fuck. like someone out there, you know, that that could show you around a yeah. place to stay, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Actually, Tyler fun. and I went out there when neither of us had our shit together, and we just said, "Fuck it, we're going." No, that's, he's like, "Hey, that's you want to go to Germany?" To I was like, "Yeah, let's go," and we did. Awesome. How long? How long were you guys there? I, I went for. Or when was this? When was, was there for six months. This was in 20, 2012, 2013, whenever the Mayan apocalypse was. <laughs> uh, 2012, I think. Yeah, 2012? I think it was 2012, yeah. There's a so move- I was there from September of 2012 until February of 2013. And Carlos came out with me, or Carl, as he was called there. Um, <laughs> oh, that's another was, story. He was out there with- from uh he was there from september until like october we spent like a month he spent like a month out there with me uh day drinking and october festing hard yes so i'll have to tell you that story because uh so we were both working at silver peak i was the bartender he was the manager and when we when we made up our minds of going out there he's like all right let's go out there well this fucker changed my name in the fucking whole system as Carl <laughs> with a K. You had to fit because in. Because we were going out there. Mm-hmm. Literally, all my regulars are like, man, I thought your name was Carlos for the longest time. I am so sorry, man. I'm like, what? He had regulars. I look at the regular second it says Carl with a K. I'm like, this so motherfucker. Was, the whole time before we left, I was call- not. I wasn't just calling him Carl. It was Carl, Carl, <laughs> yeah. let's go, Carl. That's boots. Carl, I'm like, what the fuck? Draw. <laughs> what are they talking about? And, and then com- I look at the receipt. It says fucking Carl on it. And it comes natural. Like, you son of a bitch. It comes natural out of Tyler's face, you know? Yeah. Looked, yeah. Looked- I, I actually forgot to change it in the system before they did it. They wrote him a check as, <laughs> as Carl, Carl yeah. Perez. And uh, the owners were like, um, Who's this new guy? Can, we got to cut this, cut this guy a new check. And I was like, "That's Carlos. It's Carlos." <laughs> <laughs> the joke might have gone up just a smidge too far, but it was it that's, was worth it. That's fantastic on our end. Not to mention that I was in the airport in Munich, waiting for Tyler, and I didn't know what flight he was on. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have shit, and I was waiting for him. <laughs> and I got delayed. It was, 30, it was quite stressful, I got, man. I got <laughs> delayed 36 hours coming to. I was supposed to leave Reno, and I don't speak fucking German. And I'm there, like, with my big ass backpack. Yeah. And I'm like, this motherfucker better show up now. In 36, <laughs> like 36 hours. 36 hours. That's a yeah, lot. And, I, and with no contact, mm-hmm. no, no, like I couldn't contact him. He couldn't contact me. Mm-hmm. But I was in the in the airport this entire time, not knowing where he was going to show up from, or if he was going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had been traveling. I was. For 30 that hours. was one of the most stressful days of my life, <laughs> oh. dude. At an airport, I, not knowing. I was. Yeah, it's stressing me out, right? Big ass <laughs> 
I literally was drunk, hungover, drunk and hungover, and then getting drunk again when I ran into him. So that I mean, it was stressful, but I I, I coped pretty well. No, you did well. Yeah, I finally found a bar where they spoke English, and I was like, I'm staying right here. I'm getting Dude. fucked up. So you just you just <laughs> stayed at the airport for 36 hours until Tyler came? Yeah, and not knowing where he was going to come from <laughs> or what. I, I, I was looking for the flight. I was looking for all this shit, and I was just like, fuck, I am screwed, man. I don't know where he's at. He left his phone because he was obviously moving out there. Yeah. So he had no phone. <laughs> all we had was the location, and that was it. Dude, that's why. I'll meet you. I'll meet you in Germany in a couple of days. Jesus, that was pretty. That was pretty much it. It was bad. It was bad, man. I mean, that was our. That technically, at that level in 2012, that was our level of of like high thinking. Was like, it's the same airport. We'll be fine. I'll see you there. Not not knowing international airports are huge. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go to the bar and be like, "Hey, can I get a what?" Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. And then you had to sleep yeah. there and wait for him. Oh man! And I have this big ass fucking military backpack on me. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's that's so a, that, was, that was Tyler's idea too, actually. That's a good pillow. Hey, if you think if you think that was we actually struggle. went to that fucking surplus store, Twin City, and fucking got this backpack for me. <laughs> didn't but didn't they lose my luggage? Carlos? I couldn't even sleep, man. I was like. Oh, the good thing was that I played this weird-ass slot in the airport and won 400 euro. I don't even know how that happened, <laughs> but I did. Well, it's going to be a messy-ass like, fucking ding, podcast. Ding, 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 ding. I was like, what the fuck happened? And she was like, oh, you just won 400 euro. I was like, perfect. Damn. And then all of a sudden, a few people knew English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys tip out there, right? Exactly, because America's one of the few <laughs> one of the few places that does tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come here and try to pull that shit with us. <laughs> well, actually, when besides... we were in Germany, we, we were over tipping, and obviously that's that was insulting for some people. So no. they actually had to tell us not to how much to tip. Yeah. No, it's good. Cause you guys do have so much without ser- insulting anybody. Yeah. Cause you guys so have so much service industry experience. Like when did you guys start? Yeah. When did you guys start in the service? So we were actually, fuck. Uh, I was in high school. I was 17 years old. Silver nope. peak. At Silver Peak is where the story started? Yep. <laughs> I, was... I was. It was like uh, 2004. I started at the Wonder Street, <laughs> Silver Peak. And then. And then I, I was. I was. This is how bad it was. Silver Peak used to be popping, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck goes hungover to fucking high school? <laughs> Me. Uh, they fucking ruined me. Yeah. Carlos, what happened to the light, dog? Yeah, um, you're, oh, uh, you're in the nobody's dark. moving in here, so yeah. hold on. I, I was 18. I got my first job in the industry at, uh, at the pasta mill. 
RIP shout out to the Elcano boys. Um, I was a line cook, like busser. At 18? At 18. Me and my friends used to just, like, his family uh, owned the restaurant, and they'd be like, this is how you cook a fettuccine Alfredo. And I was like, oh, I could do that shit nonstop. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And I loved it because we would just pour wine, throw it up top, and then throw out a hundred plates and sit there and drink wine and watch baseball all day. I was like, man, it was, it was phenomenal. Mm. Uh, but you know, making seven bucks an hour slaving over a stove as I, uh, moved out of my house and started, uh, doing extracurricular things like underage drinking and smoking pot. I, I needed more than seven bucks an hour to Sounds like uh, you're from Sparks. Habit. What was that? Sounds like you're from Sparks. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was, but it was cool. Cause we had this crew that we just were all in the industry. And finally, uh, one of my boys hit me up and was like, Hey, the silver peak is hiring, uh, Brandon Collins. I don't know if Sean, you remember him, but uh, I do know Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was my roommate at the time and he hit me up and was like, dude, come get a busing job here. I started there in 2005, worked there for 12 years uh, with a, a couple of years of departure uh, because I was an idiot. And then, uh, you know, I ended up leaving there and started this venture into managing and trying to own my own spot. But That's crazy how many people I know from Silver Peak. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because we had Grayson here on the show too, and he was at Silver Peak as well. Yeah, dude, it's it. They're like Trent and Dave, uh, the owners there. Are like, literally, there's two ways of life. It's like either you're a Great Basin family in this town, or you're Silver Peak family in some way, shape, or form. And like, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for breweries and yeah. so, but for breweries and Reno for, for real and it's 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 kind of like a testament to how innovative these these like Tom with Great Basin and yeah. Trent and Dave were you know they what what they were doing in in our society in the late nineties was kind of insane. I mean, they were way if you look at it, they were way ahead of a cur- the curve, mm-hmm. like. With, you know, like the local business aspect, but also just like with brewing, you know, like that that was when home, brew, you know, home brewing just became legal in Nevada. Yeah, because Great they Basin, were the first to open breweries. Yeah, Great Basin yeah. was the first brewery in Nevada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, they were both making killer beer. Yeah. Both doing a phenomenal job. And they weren't like everybody, like if, if you were a silver peaker, then it was like, oh, Great Basin people, man, fuck them. Like they're Great Basin, yeah, right. But, yeah, yeah. And if there was like, if there was like Great Basin people. They were like, you got oh, a silver peak. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. And and it was it kind of bred this like really cool culture in the beer world where it was like they were out trying trying to outmatch each other on like a one to one basis in a market you know that's relatively large. Mm-hmm. So and one sparks based ones. Reno based and it, it, it kind of they're like perfect rivals there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's they're like, like giants, Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Yankees, like Red Sox. Yeah. Mets, Yankees, Mets, Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Queens and Bronx. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, it's, so, I mean, it's good. Yeah, Caesar's like, yeah, New York, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yankee squad, you know? But no, that that's awesome because we always like, and I feel because of that, there's so many, especially people like our age, there's so many beer nerds like that are like really old that have been into this for a long time because of Silver Peak and Great Basin. Yeah, the, the, the cool thing is, is like, yeah. Great Basin was yeah, the first place away, we went honestly. to drink. Like, mm. you know, like Great Basin opened when we were in high school. Yeah. And by the time I graduated high school, like that was the place downtown Sparks you would hang out. And then Silver Peak downtown opened the year I was a senior in college. So I just, you know, had lucky. Uh, Turkey burger, baby. I, I remember going to Silver Peak and like feeling <laughs> that like shame, like, oh, fuck this. You know, like their beer sucks compared to Great Basin, you know, like. At, you know, when it first opened. What about that turkey burger, though? <laughs> yeah. Fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think. All right. But turkey I think burger and and the IPA from Great Basin. How's that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. I'll, I'll take a little bit of everything. Yeah, because I used, I used to go to Silver Peak and get the the Santa Fe. The Santa Fe was my Santa jam. Fe. The Red Roadster. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the wings. That was yeah. Nothing. The red. I was. The red Dude, roaster is the jam. That, the red, the red that roaster. That red roaster got me in yeah. so much trouble. <laughs> a lot of trouble, yeah. You don't even want to know. That one in the hooch. The hooch, the hooch yeah. beer. Oh shit! I mean, so, yeah. Well, during the season, that got me in trouble too. It wouldn't be. <laughs> that was a step we, up we from the red. We can't literally bring up the hooch without uh, giving big shout outs to Chris Papaleo, Soul, R.I.P. And his impossibles. He so the hooch was served in a ten ounce glass, and like halfway through our shift, oh yeah, Chris would be like, "You ready for an impossible?" And this is like the guy that literally <laughs> taught all of us how to bartend. And we're like, "He's asking me if I'm ready for an impossible." It's like literally like the commander in chief asking you if you're ready to go like save the country, and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yes, sir." You're damn right. I'm ready. For but it. it, it it was with it was with the hooch and it was also with the imperial stout. Mm. Yeah, so a twenty-two ounce, like twelve ounce beer, and you had to slam it in one, like one sip, <laughs> sitting whatever it was, wherever you were, and, and and then literally, it would be like you'd have ten tables in your section that you're taking care of, and he'd be like, "Are you ready for an impossible?" And you're like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah," and then you chug it, and the and and you got to go like you literally are chugging this beer that's 12 ounces mm -hmm. or 22 ounces of 12% beer and then walking back to a table with three kids and four adults who are getting drunk and being like, uh, anybody need a refill? <laughs> more ranch or this? Like, let's go. And, uh, and you're just uh, trying uh, to like choke back a burl because <laughs> it was awesome. It was the <laughs> best time of my life. Yeah, but before we continue, let's give a shout yeah. out to like Joe Nasty, Soup, uh, Steve, yep. uh, Z, who used to work there, Tony yeah. Walker, mm -hmm. so yeah. many, Grayson, like, everybody, yeah, so many, Grayson. so many, Corey Wilcox, Corey, 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 yeah, Robbie. yeah, didn't yeah. like, didn't like Robbie oh, just man. get married too? I mean, yeah, like it's crazy, it's unlimited. Salutes mm -hmm. to all of you, all the homies yeah. out there, yeah. you know, like it's ugh. it's so insane. So many different people I I knew that worked at Silver Peak. I didn't know them all of them back then. But like I'm friends with all of them now, and it's like 15 years later. 
Yeah, what was well, awesome, awesome yeah. about Silver Peak? You'd go every now and then, and there'd be like new friends you didn't even know work there, and they happen to be exactly. working there, and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" And you're just like, you know, it's like it's awesome. It was it was unreal. I mean, like the we're we're almost more of a family than we are friends to the point where we fight with each other like like family fights with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when there's a disagreement or yeah. some. Yeah. some it, it it doesn't like Carlos and I fight all the time and it's always just like bicker 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 whatever and then we go have a beer about it yeah um, but like we we fight yeah. like we're married but like in that in that group of friends that we have it's we more are fighting like your brother <laughs> and sisters yeah it's 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 cool but I mean the thing is we we laugh about it when we're done yeah like, that's and that's, true. And that's like, what you, matters like yeah. Like any family. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the and day. And then we just fuck with each other on the same subject. I know, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how did all of that, how did all of that lead to you guys, you know, Into the business. your own business, the, the, it packs some bites? We, we so, honestly, we, we've been, Tyler and I have been talking about this for a long time. But we were both not in the position to do anything. We finally were in the position to do something. And this is where we're at now. Shut down. (laughs) (laughs) Not open. God damn it. Well, I mean, Uh. I've been looking to. Hmm. But I still don't regret anything. I I, I love it. I, I wouldn't change anything that we've done in the last year for for anything because i think that we got something that yeah. that'll work but originally yeah. the 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 crazy part is that we never wanted to like the original place that we wanted wasn't in sparks it was in a totally different location and the the ownership group of that location basically was had, they told me uh that they were gonna wait six weeks to get more bids on the location and then decide who they wanted to go with. Um, and I literally called Carlos and was like, fuck them. These guys are trying to fuck us over. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's just find another spot. And we found this location in literally like two and a half hours, uh, you know, changed our whole game plan. We, we, and, and yeah, we just, both fell in love with this place. Yeah. And we got, we got great landlords, you know, they've been, you know, incredibly uh, receptive to our, you know, to our needs as far as COVID-19 goes and the thing thing or whatever you guys call it on. But, uh, you know, they've, they've tried to help us as much as they can. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, nobody does what they do because they want to lose money or give away to charity. And we don't do what we do because of the same thing. It's all about, it's all about business. And, that's kind of the mindset that we've had the whole time is trying to develop different revenue streams and different things to, to help keep us afloat so that we can see our vision, which is, you know, a 36 tap handle, uh, bar tap, craft cocktail, everything bottle shop, um, in it, in its existence, kind of sports bar ish, um, you know, next year. And we're, we're just, we're doing everything we can to make it to March. And, um, but that's, we, we got into business because Carlos and I were drinking 
IPAs one night and we just basically looked at each other like, what the fuck are we doing not doing this? Like, let's, we both have a little bit of money. And if we put it together and we got enough money to make it happen, let's just make it happen. Nice. Yeah. So tell people the history, like, when did you guys, because you guys opened very recently, when did you guys open and like, we, how, did it, how did everything uh, with the uh, business model come together? So, Explain so the business model. Literally, we've been talking about this for years, right? And one night we just said, let's fucking do it. And when we said that, we fucking did it. So this place was a jewelry store, not a bar. And we just went in and did everything we had to do to be to make it a, a bar, but we we didn't stop. We 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 opened this spot in three months from the time that we got it. Yeah, and just rolled with it. And the I mean the we were all in at, at that point. We were all in and and yeah. and we did it. Our and the and the concept we've always you know we we got to give a little shout out to. Uh, beer envy and the 395 boys up uh up in north town um the concept that we wanted to do is sort of emulate what they're doing up in those in those markets um they you know they do an incredible job of bringing in like great beers and and killing it and what we wanted to do was kind of keep to our heritage when it comes to the to the the bar and beer world and and stay with the craft beers and and stay away from you know at victorian square there's plenty of places to get a you know jameson and shot a or jameson and a course light excuse me but there's <laughs> yeah besides great basin there's very few spots to get you know besides pinion mm-hmm. um and those guys do a great job down there as well but there's very few spots to get a nice craft beer and so what we wanted to do was basically our, our, our business model is to bring in, eventually bring in crazy beers and then sell six packs, 12 packs, mix and match packs uh, of those things. And we wanted to have both aspects of it so that there's nothing worse than going to a bar and, and getting a beer that you really like. And then, and then not asking, being able to buy take it. Take it home. Take it exactly. home with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we, our whole thing was that we, we got 36 draft handles down there. Eventually we want to fill it with the craziest shit possible. And then we, when they ask us, Hey, where can I pick this up in town? You go just in the back room right there. And mm-hmm. then they, they know that. And, and then they can, baby. yeah, they can always call us and hit us up and, and see if we still have some of it in stock or we can order it for them. But that was kind of the, I, being in the beer world for so long, um, it, it, there's nothing more frustrating than having the best beer of your life and then not being able to find it anywhere in town. And then just having to like write it down as like a bucket list thing. If I ever see this again, um, I, I need to make sure I buy like a year supply yeah. of it. it it's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of like, have you guys been to a tornado in uh, San Francisco? I think I, I, I have, yeah. remember- yeah, see, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I wish they like would give me an option to like get some a six pack to go because like but it's you a, don't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a beer bar. They have like forty taps, like like yeah. a crazy amount of taps, and it's only beer. But like, if I had the option to take it home, like how awesome! Because if not, when I go to San Francisco and I go on my own trip, 
I stay there for three hours, four hours, because I won't have the chance to take that beer home with Just me. Just for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was kind of where we expanded on the models that were already in place. And, and you know, like, I, like the homage is there, like with Fico and Beer Envy and uh, Ganser and Brett Schaefer um, up at 395. Like those guys, those guys are dialed in when it comes to their beer and they know you know they'd, they'd be considered beer snobs but they just love they love the liquid and mm-hmm. um and that's where you know eventually we want to get to having opened up and gone through the struggle it's kind of hard to like really get into that that side of things on victorian square right now but eventually <laughs> that's our goal yeah because back when we were in high school victorian square was like thursday Thursday night, you go there for Farmer's Market and you get to go to like Great Basin, the Cantina and things like that. And definitely things Mm -hmm. have changed down there, you know, but like to have you guys there and still Great Basin there, I think more and more things and Pinion. More people with everything going down down there, like more people can go down there, Mm -hmm. hang out and drink and have a good time. Exactly. Mm hmm. Yeah. Instead of having to go all the way to Reno, like especially if you live in Spanish yeah. Springs or Wheatfield Springs or mm-hmm. East Sparks, like now you can go to downtown Sparks and get that same experience yeah. as you would in downtown. Yeah, Reno. and and honestly, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of those those type of reviews. They're saying that we're bringing Midtown Reno to Sparks. Yeah. Well, how does that make you guys feel? Like, you know, having worked at Silver Peak, who kind of originated, you know, like the downtown Renaissance, like. You know, they yeah, were on yeah, Wonder, yeah. Wonder Street 22, 23 yeah, years ago. And then they started downtown with the downtown location. Like, and then now you guys doing the same thing to Sparks. Like, how does that I, make you guys feel? I think what I love it. I, I, I really appreciate it. But I think the point that, like, this is all we are trying to do in that market, really, is we're trying to bring more people down there. But in all honesty, like, we're trying to help people make more money by showing them ways to step up their game a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. like there's subtle things like bringing in better beer and, and doing things just with a little bit more strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everybody, everybody can offer, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, Corona, Modelo. Those beers are awesome. They're not bad beers. That, but the thing is, is that if you have more than 10 taps, at any location, you should be offering something local and something that's craft to some extent and find a way to, to build that the and build and help support your local market into your business plan in, in your area and not just feed off of kind of the, the tertiary overlords in the beer world because there's mm-hmm. there's so much good beer, especially when if you're looking for a light beer, there's you know revision. Which I'm drinking right now. Yeah. Yeah. They they've got a, a killer blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, the depot, the ranch hand is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Im, Imbibe and what they do, and I mean, there's you you run the gamut on on the beer like world nowadays. Great Basin, what it, everything that the beer has become in this city, and and with the influx of you know kind of transplants from California and the such. If you if you're not offering local, these people are just going to go with what they know, mm-hmm. and that's when the price point is yeah. for a Coors Light keg is is A, and price point for a, a craft local keg is 
$15 more. When you're talking about 125 beers, you're literally talking about a quarter of pennies 50 cents, on the dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, 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 that, and that's the thing. When we all do stuff together, we all rise together. Like, that's the thing. And people don't exactly. understand that. Yeah. Caesar and I are really big on, on cause everything in Reno's kind of gone through that situation where like in the past, people were always looking at what was best instead of supporting things going on here. Mm-hmm. And right. we always try and push like, look, there's great things going on in Reno, no matter what, you know, whether it's beers or art or music and or tattoos co- or whatever. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Reno for how small it is. It's always something. Yeah. yeah Reno we, got, for, we got Lighthouse Coffee in our place. Yeah. Like, like Reno for how small it is. <laughs> it is uh, for coffee, beer. Like we have an amazing selection for how small this fucking city is. We're definitely yeah. punching above our weight when we love caffeine and we're a bunch of alcoholics. Exactly. Okay. And when I go to another city, they're like, <laughs> they're like, "Where the fuck are you from?" And I was like, "I'm from fucking Reno, Nevada." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What yeah, the so fuck?" You get there, you're like, "Goddamn!" And they're like, "They drink before and, noon." Yeah, and they're like, "I think you could party like this." I'm like, "They, I was bred in East Sparks. This is how this is how it goes <laughs> down." You know. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, especially when you I go to like that, Europe and they drink all day. I'm like, this is my life. I, I, I can, yeah, that, that, that's why we, we, I was telling Tyler when we were down there, we're like, we fit right in this fucking place. No, we fit in, we fit in a lot of places. They're drinking actually before we are. Yeah, no, we fit in a lot of places. And when people were just like, really? And I was like, yeah, from Nevada and uh, Reno. And they're like, what's going on over there? And I was like, awesome things. But I, I think that's a testament to how cool and, this place and, and that is. was before that song came out. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, we made it five clubs somewhere every everywhere we went. All the time. <laughs> but I mean, but when you really think about it, like the the best of the best in in California and Oregon and Washington and Idaho and everywhere else, they're coming here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're getting exposed on a very like rad level to yeah. quality like the word quality in reno is is kind of like you know calm down you have we have reno 911 and it, it makes us sound like we're a bunch of clowns but yeah. then you have mm-hmm. but then you have like when you actually i actually appreciate that show because it scares people off that's good yeah yeah keep yeah, reno feral i, I, I went, keep I went reno to feral. cousins in uh in texas and they're like Oh, Reno nine one one, and I was like, "What? No, that's no, that's not Reno." I always get mad because I was like, "There's no palm trees in Reno." I don't know if you noticed, but like, yeah. <laughs> the the only Reno shots are all the B rolls, and that's it. Like, yeah. there's the shot in, in, just, in between. We're fucked up. Ju- we're not that fucked up. I <laughs> re- literally earlier today saw a preview for the new Reno nine one one show on Quibbly, mm-hmm. and they still have the palm trees and shit. I'm like, come on, no, because- come here and fucking put some respect <laughs> on our name. Yeah, if you're gonna be talking talking shit at least filming yeah we're, yeah we're a fucking desert bro no exactly it's just like <laughs> yeah. every, everywhere they're they're at you know the all the actors are at there's just nothing but palm trees they film it in los yeah. angeles like no we don't have none of that shit except for those couple companies back in the day no. they used to like put palm trees in there and everyone laughed because we like they're not gonna survive yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna start putting them to fernley <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fernley 911 hey. baby don't hate Fernley. on Fernley. 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 No, I love Fernley. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, I with everything. It. So yeah. you guys opened last February, right? Yeah. We got January. January. Yeah. So with everything going on, 
December thirty first, to be exact. Have you been getting through like the last what is months. it nine months? Yeah. Uh, how has how have we been? What getting through getting this. through the last nine months with everything that's going on? Oh fuck! I mean, we've only I've only choke slammed Tyler a couple times. <laughs> Fucking. That's, that's about normal. it. That's normal, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I love this guy. I would never do yeah. that to him. But how, how have no, you guys so, been, been getting through everything? No, like, it's been stressful, but. Mm-hmm. It's been stressful, but we still kind of we've kept our cool and and came up with some game plans. Yeah, cha- changing the business to make plan. it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, what have yeah, you guys yeah, been yeah. doing to get to survive? So, I mean, uh, to go. Honestly, we in the first transition we we moved hardcore towards to go and uh, doing like the retail sales in the. When we came back, we had done a good enough job of, of doing deliveries and to go that it was it kind of worked in our benefit in many ways because we didn't incur the uh, the losses from having staff so much that but we got to market ourselves and and kind of get our name out there through the to go process. You know, it'd be nice to have March Madness and the such, but so the first shutdown didn't really hurt us because everything was shut down and, and we, we were just able to basically change our, our form into something more malleable for the equation. And uh, when we opened back up in June, I mean, we were flying, it was great. And, you know, that was when we really started to focus on becoming more beer and craft centric and, developed we're developing ourselves more of an identity in the in that downtown victorian square market and um things were going good and then through the second shutdown people still have options to go out and drink and they have other places to go and buy and they can do all kinds of other things and it was it was you know we had kind of an oh shit moment i would say eight weeks ago and it was like nobody's buying to go beer Mm. i mean regardless of what that is. And uh, Carlos and I had a little sit down and we'd been talking about it in the first shutdown uh, about opening up a, a lawn care service. And so now I work roughly 35, 40 hours a week mowing lawns and, and doing shit. Carlos is back at work, ironworking, and and we're just trying to scrape it by. And we we luckily had had enough capital saved up to where we've we've been able to kind of slow play a lot of the things that we've been doing but it's been it's been incredibly difficult to to kind of figure out what we need to splurge on how we need to splurge on it and when we can actually do it to to benefit the most um you know i you know we talk carlos and i talk daily every other day about different ways that we can try and push more money into the bar and and do some other things or or make some capital without a without an expense. And that was where we developed the lawn care slash yard cleanup business was um, there. There's an effort, which is your, is your expense there. And then the money that you get, you just throw back in. Um, And so that's, we've been just kind of grinding that one. And then when he went back to work doing ironworking, I kind of took the brunt of that storm and um, you know, it, it's funny to, 
when you open another business to support the business that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not a perfect system, but it actually lends to like a little bit better understanding of, um, you know, volatility and other things like that. So yeah. I, it's, it's been trying, but you know, we're every week, every day we get up and we, we go out with the, the idea of trying to make as much money as possible to try and prop up the business because we're not going to, we're not going to shut it down and, and tell people, you know what, we're this amount of money deep, but we're done at this point in time. It's no, there, there is no option like that. Uh, I got, we both have too much writing on it to, to ever like fold up. I'll work 150 hours a week if i got to to prop this thing up until we can actually reap the benefits yeah it's like you're it's a means to the end you know you're working at this very hard because you want your dream you know to come true right and i see that that, you know we we know a lot of Mm work we know a lot of people in the same position like we had jeff carter of glass die on my old roommate alex uh opened coffee and comics last October, him and one, yeah. another one of my good friends. You know, we're friends with uh, Chris Costa at Public House, mm-hmm. Clint over Opinion, you know, yeah. uh, Ty Craft, like all these places. So we understand the struggle you guys are going through. Um, and we, you know, we talked with Jeff last week about how it's really been a disadvantage for bars. Not to, you're basically the only business that's still closed. We're so, the only. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. You know, what is, how do you guys feel like, you know, they had the, the task force meeting the other day. How do you guys feel about that? Two you know, other places yeah. have allowed, you know, places to open if you have a patio at least or serve I feel like, like outside. I feel like they're only picking on us. I, I mean, I, they got to pick that, on somebody, right? And it's got to be us. Because how are casinos rolling? How is pool parties rolling? How is everybody else rolling? Mm-hmm. But a bar with tables six feet apart and following all the rules can't operate like no, be- how is that because like jeff Especially when there's restaurants yeah, not uh, yeah. not following the rules because jeff said like when huh? i jeff said when i drink a beer he's like i could take a sip put my mask back on but every when i'm eating my mask is off the whole time you know so it seems like to be safer to be at a bar than it is to at a restaurant and also yeah. at a restaurant so many hands touch it yeah, because if, if, if you don't do it the way we're trying to do it, then you have house parties that are 20, 30 people deep. In a, yeah. in a, and that's where in the real house, issue yeah. is at. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I, think, I think at the end of the day, the thing that has gotten lost is the whole point, which is that we're trying to, we're trying to mitigate the effects of COVID on our society. Mm-hmm. And Sisolak he's been charged with the the job of trying to figure out who and what to to do that has the least amount of impact but the most amount of impact um what least amount on the financial side most amount on the covid side and honestly nobody wants that job um Mm -hmm. i had a conversation with multiple people yesterday about it and and in reality like the, the issue that we have is that there, the, the carrot of two weeks is, has been, it's, we're at week 10 now. 
So the carrot of, hey, let's shut down for two weeks and let's check the numbers and then we'll get back to you. In two weeks and check the numbers and get yeah. back to you. But then we're two the weeks, only ones affected by this shit. Right. But the but the that's the point is that like we we want nothing more than to be the solution because this is our industry, but we're not being given the opportunity to be part of the solution. Every Everybody that I talk to that's reached out, I've reached out to the governor multiple times. I've had our lawyer reach out to the governor multiple times. I mean, there's every and yeah, the I'm mayor, not, the city councilman, right? And everything. We're not we're not individually significant by any means. But the point is, is that there is not an open conversation in many ways with the the COVID task force. There's not an open conversation there with they're not reaching out to bar owners and asking what we feel is manageable and what we feel they can, you know, what we can do to help mitigate these circumstances and create a safe environment where people can come and enjoy good beer. And that's the issue that I think essentially is at the heart of the, of the problem is that after 10 weeks of being told two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, we're at the point where we've, we've ex- expended all of our, we can't do that. I have people tell me all the time, like, well, it's in the, it, it's literally in the effort of, of saving people's lives. And I said, I'm like, yes, that, that is 100% true. But are you going to help me pay my, my rent? Are you going to help me pay my mortgage at my house? Are you going to help put my kids in, in daycare? Are you going to help take care of the food that I put on the table? And at this point in time, he's cut off our economic stream for so long that it's becoming, there's this panic point that's coming along. And it's, that's where we're getting these, these, this frustration from is that we're, we're barking against the wall with no answer. And, and we feel like, okay, if we're just going to stand and yell at, at the wall, then I'm going to yell and start going after this or that or whatever. And, and that's where all this frustration stems from is that there's been a lack of communication from the side and a lack of effort to make anything amenable to to like the needs of the you know the 30 40,000 people that are affected by this shutdown in the state. Yeah, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that's what people need to hear like and I, as I think you know a lot of people cuz they've gone back to work whatever that uh, you know things are normal but there's still people like you guys out there who are kind of stuck in this limbo you know limbo a, a no man's land where you know you can't really move on with your life but you're waiting like how did it make you guys feel when they opened up fucking schools we're literally the only industry affected by this mm-hmm. right it's the only it, the only ones like why was, i mean we're, we're down we're down to that... take the bar top off like we don't have to serve yeah. at the bar top. We have tables when, too, like restaurants do. So, so Sean, you know, to, it's frustrating. Yeah. To get back to your question, though, when they opened schools up, it was we knew for a fact, like the when they denied us that opening uh, before the schools went back in. Carlos and I knew that we'd be shut down for at least another month, and and. I mean, I, I literally am on the phone 15 times a day with 15 different bar owners, and we're just like commiserating at this point in time. And we all knew that if, if we didn't get open before schools got back in, the numbers were going to go up. That's what, the, you know, Kevin Dick or Andy Dick, whatever his name was, um, he, when he 
did not, he told the Washoe County school district that he advised them not to open. Right. And they went against his word. Right. Right. And then he advised two weeks ago, he advised the COVID task force to open up bars because of this, that, and whatever. And they went against his advice again. And so the, the real question is, is what is the end? What is the point of being able to open? Is it, is there an arbitrary number that they're thinking of? Is, is it something that is, do we have to get to zero? Because if that's the case, they need to express that to bar owners mm -hmm. because I've taken out a couple extra loans and I'm, I'm working and, and I could have gone and gotten another job at the, by this point in time and just said, you know what? Fuck it. Like it's not worth that. And Carlos is doing things on his side, you know, and I know that many other bar owners and, and, that don't have gaming inside their bars, but those that do as well, because the gaming is useless are leveraging their entire livelihoods on keeping open at the carrot of two weeks. And then the, and then the numbers go down like they have in the last month. And it's like, you know, what? we're just gonna, we're just gonna wait because we think, we think that things might happen. And that's the, that is the growing ordeal in our industry is that we want nothing more than to be compliant and and figure out a way to make the our industry is built on the idea that of finding a way to yes like our entire industry is built on find a way to yes right and so every one of us have been trained to be like you know what this is what we got to do and we'll find a way to make it through and it, whether it's right wrong or whatever and and now we're at the point where it's like, fine, we're, we are cashing, we are uh, paying the bills for that every other industry in our, in our region is, is writing. You know, the casinos are open. Mm -hmm. The number of, yeah. of infections that they're bringing well, we can't in. Probably know. Well, it's just, it's kind of asinine to me. You know, if you're worried about Nevadans, then you shouldn't worry about bringing in tourists at that point in time. No, conspiracy Caesar right here. Conspiracy Caesar. This, I want to hear this. I want to hear Okay, this. so a lot of people that are on the COVID task force are put in there by the lobbyists in the casinos. So they want bars to stay closed so everyone goes to the casino yeah. instead of the bars I saw that. so they could make their money. So I saw this just today somewhere. Boycott, yeah. Casinos. So, so that's that's the thing. The casinos, and they have so much power. We talked about it last week. That They got power, man. No, no. It just because it's like this is what happens when Nevada is just the one uh, like economy pony, you know? Affected by this. Exactly. So the casinos have so much pull that they're, they put people in the task force to be like, okay, if people – the local people they want to go to a bar you're gonna and, say this you can do that exactly and that's why they're telling people keep bars closed so people could still keep coming to the casino yeah, and gamble it's, it's, a, it's a, and then and then casinos and have casinos have what food. we could do is fucking boycott those yeah. fucking places but yeah casinos Even though have we live food. here and mm -hmm. we we we've known what the what the casino in, casino industry does mm -hmm. to our economy yeah it helps a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. But, but right now they're fucking everybody else. And then also with them bending over backwards for like companies to come in, we're not getting any state revenue 
from like Tesla or Google or all those big companies that are coming in. So we have to keep riding. We have to keep riding the fucking casino pony. When if the government here could just be like, let's tax them. Let's give them other incentives other than just tax waivers. Because there's more. I don't get why. Mm -hmm. And if they pick on one industry, like Mm -hmm. one fucking industry. And like Sean says, Sean says, it's got to be the one industry. mm -hmm. That's it. Sean says there's research. It's fucking done. There's research with all these companies coming in the towns that their income that they say they're bringing in doesn't really affect the local government. Oh, not oh, at it all. Mm-hmm. So it's just like conspiracy I mean, sees are right there. Boom. Yeah, I, I feel like someone posted that conspiracy on Reddit today about uh, the casinos <laughs> wanting to eliminate bars because they'll benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah, they and, will. And that's the thing. Like an example, here's, here's another conspiracy Caesar. I heard this around the grapevine from my friends at construction. You know how when you drive on 80 and there's that wall in front of Rail City and how you it's hard to see Rail City? John Esquaga, John Esquaga like lobbied or paid for that wall to be built up. So when you're driving on the freeway, all you see is John, yeah, Esquaga, yeah. John Esquaga's nugget. I believe that. And that's and that's money it's, and that's money moves right there cuz cash rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but the wall is gone. He gone. The, yeah, the but the wall still stands. <laughs> yeah, the the problem is essentially that we is that we can't fight those people though. I mean, these our industry has never united itself enough to to fight the the casinos. And and when you really think about it, like the casinos have have what they think have. Think of how many yeah. bars are in mm-hmm. the El Dorado. Yeah. And they're shut down as well. Mm-hmm. But there's, I, I think at, at the end of the day, regardless of of conspiracy or not, like they're trying to drive more people into the casinos. That's yeah. quasi obvious. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, mm-hmm. Like logic, logic kind of expresses that as an answer. Um, I think the, I think the point that needs to be expressed is the effect of not having the local mom and pop bars or the bar at your, at your local. I mean, think about like, you've been to, you go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Think of how many like PTs there are down there. Yeah. 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 So all those bars that have, there's probably what 40 of them. There's, there's so much over there. Cause like that, that's where people hang out. It's like the PTs in your neighborhood. People meet up there. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and they all have gaming at the bar. Mm -hmm. So now the bartender at all those places is making less money is, is make or no money to Mm -hmm. some extent, or they're taking the place of two or three servers. And so the trickle down, the trickle down economics is what we really have to get to when it comes to like the casinos think that they're doing this. Like if, if, if it's the casinos that are pressing this on us, then like at the end of the day, they're putting breweries out of, out of function. They're like the, the like the trickle down economics of up the supply chain and down the supply chain of not having bars open. I work for the I work for a local brewery as well as as like own this bar, and I can tell you that the numbers are affected because there's nobody open. There's no place to spill all that beer. Like I talk with these guys and yeah. and they're like, what are we gonna do with this product? 
Like we have all this product, but Hold it's on. all there on site. And and then if you take it a step further, the dis- the distributors are going to be like I got a couple buddies that work for distributors, and they've been adversely. How are we doing out there, Carlos? Here. Mute it. <laughs> No, anyways, no, yeah. no, but I, I it's, understand. It's, it's and, crazy. And for me, for a state, I want to, I want to have all my people working so I could keep getting money. Like, right. Like me being like, if you want to be a, hu- was, uh, if you want to be a hustler, you want to get all the fucking money you can get. Let's have everything as much as we can open because like you guys, yeah. you guys pay state taxes quarterly or however you guys do it yearly, whatever your situation is. The employee pays his state taxes every fucking paycheck, you know, like boom, boom, boom. Like I want more money to help support the state, everybody. The state is literally yeah, climbing yeah. They, they want that to pick too. up. We got that. <laughs> our our employees kind of want that too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're kind of bone dry right now too. A lot of a lot of people got to get their another job There's on nothing, the side. Nothing we could do, man. Like we're actually pretty grateful for for the people that have stuck around with us, which is most of our staff. Ninety percent of our staff has stuck with us, mm-hmm. and they made it work. You know, so are we. Okay, let's take let's take a break here. A little bit of break would be good, yeah. Yeah, Caesar. What's your what's your song of the week? So because you know we know a lot of bar owners and things like that, and so I was like, no more beers for Carlos. <laughs> no, this is time so you could fill up. This is time for you to fill up your beer. But we're we're an hour in. We need to take a break. Yeah, but but my song of the week because we have a. This is our second you know week in a row with a bar owner, and we know a lot of bar owners as well. I thought Hip Hop Drunkies by the Alcoholics and featuring Old Dirty Bastard would be a great song for um, my song of the week this week. So if you guys nice. don't know about the yeah, let's do it. If you guys don't know about the licks, uh, Sean, hit him with it. Listen, I want to hear it. <laughs> listen and enjoy, guys. Salute. What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> my name is Old Dirty Bastard. No, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, me too, nigga. Oh! With the legs, so start reaching for the ozone. I see some girls I know, but y'all look different with your clothes on. What's up, though? Tasking and stealing like the Grinch. While I'm leaving niggas puzzled, like I said, my shit in French. But it's all old English that I'm bringing from beneath. Try to bite my style of wax, I want these lyrics crack your teeth. Cause I make words connect like Westside when I test glide. My drunk lyrical hang glider. Nobody's tighter than a rough rap provider. With 90 ways to peel you, so I know the three words. That's a kill ya. familiar. I filter out the week every time I speak. I drink to hit the peak to make my mind go. I'm depth you rapping like my client, trying to scrape me for the side and slam harder than Kobe Bryant. Be quiet. This is liquidation from the West. Motherfucker, boozy, so I got my own Break a break a break a one nine. I bust this bitch in the behind with the silver shine. Cause she thought she was fine. She winked at me. I thought it was fine. Cause they this hoe is mine. I had the alcohol in me, took my time. Let a nigga rotate, turn on your table. Put the diamond needle, pull it to the ego. What you the ting in the chair on my ground? The Tyson of sound is 20 seconds to a round. Scavenge a nigga, use a shrimp. A full line of shit, my ear can't digest it. Stop drinking all that motherfucking water. Let's take 
nigga to the land. So I can Godzilla up your shield. That's the tiny tin man. Niggas be creeping up my beanstalk. When I start to come down on your fucking ass, try to chop shit on up. Get these nuts. Motherfucker, run. The road tip the flow like a hoe. So I should rap on the microphone. My rhymes hit hard enough to crack a bone. I divide square MCs like math. Bend you in half and drink a genuine draft. I stomp them. Then I speed out without a womp them. When he's laying on the ground, I let my dog Skrilla chomp him. I feels it's all about skills. The outcome's unbelievable like Tyson Holyfield. Your lyrics are loners. We turn them to their rightful owners. My style is wild like G's all over stoners. No need to ask. I put you on like a ski mask. We can fight the power like this is PE class. I bomb squads like Hank Shock. Peace to my nigga Scott. Putting stickers on the block. I drink more boosters than Punky. It's the further adventures of the hip-hop junkies. Your bitches are hoes. Put it in your neck, my motherfucking hoes. Or in your butthole. Wherever the fuck it goes. Your bitches are hoes. Put it in your neck, my motherfucking hoes. Or in your ear hole. Wherever the fuck it goes. No disrespect to any architect who tried to perfect. Oh, what the heck? I'm a MC director, rhyme inspector, ready to type 10, Brooklyn Burrow. It's the Blacktown original B-Boy, I'm rapping, what's happening? So dope, got the pole clapping, I'm smacking on some chicken. What you kicking? You tricking, while I'm vicking, hold your stick with ticket. Step out of place, pass, I smack the taste out your face, cause there's nowhere to hide unless you move to outer space. Cause I waste motherfuckers like toxic fumes, so you better, when you hear the, hey sugar plum, how can you assume that the bitch of the volume doesn't have no tune? Not your everyday, regular rap star. Won an award at the rap seminar. You wear the hardware, three's the hard way. That's your fucking way. Hey yo, my name is J Row. And my style is so dope, they call it Hey yo. I don't rap fast, I love green grass. Nothing nice on the mic, call me a green grass. Extra Dilemma, bring the extra, extra, bring the Dilemma. Run the better one, and vice versa. Dark Acre, Mexican murderer, also known as a rap wrecker. Not a rhyme rebel, we just found some fine speech, proof readers. Not a rose of rhymes, browser lyrics. Like the Asian without the attic, but I'm only a Type of shit niggas don't try at home. I come funkin' up the spot like Michael Jordan's cologne with the mega drunken style to keep the crowd pumping. Niggas looking at me like passes up to something. Get drunk and I stumble. But I didn't come to trip, I came to bring it to your humble. Humble, all your plots and all your plans. Old dirty's in the house, and that's my motherfucking man. It's the liquid crew, coming through with old dirty from the moon. Crash your party, That was a Caesar song of the week, Hip Hop Drunkies by the Alcoholics featuring Old Dirty Bastard, ODB, ODB, Bang Bang Bang. And like I said, I feel it's very fitting, especially for today's show. And also that we know a lot of, uh, you know, bar owners and things like that. And it's our second episode with the bar bar owners. And yeah, and ODB and the Licks. They uh they like to get this down if you know what I mean. Can't go wrong with ODB, baby. ODB. Bum, How bum, old is it? That's, How old is that song? 
So that song was off the Licks album, I think Liquidation, <laughs> which was probably like 20 years old maybe. But it was also on Wu-Tang Chronicles 2, which is like a mixtape because they had like a little bit of a mixtape series where they took where, every, where everyone was featured and put it into a thing. And what's awesome about that album cover is a Wu-Tang with like Aztec writing on the inside. Boom. So, yeah. Liquidation, 1997, 23 years ago. Oh, see, look at that. Boom, boom. I didn't have to look it up. Fucking in the dome piece right here. What did you guys think of that Woo compilation album that had like the Apple logo as the Woo? Oh, the Think Differently one? I liked yes. it. I liked, uh, I liked it. Because, haven't heard. Listen to it. Really? Because, what? Because, see, look, even Tyler's astonished right now. So, Dreddy Cougar, which is a producer that helps with, like, the Wu-Tang, like, mathematics, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. He took a bunch of stuff from, like, different countries um, that um, – a different feel from different countries. And it's, the album's awesome. That Think Differently. It's wait, wait, what's one. the name of the album? It's Think Differently. Dreddy it's – like, no. it's, like, it's like Dreddy, Dreddy Cougar, Think Differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and it has oh. – Oh yeah, I've heard. Yeah, that that album's fucking great. It has lyrical. Yeah, it has. Yeah, lyrical. Yeah, yeah. Biochemical, biochemical equation. Champagne. I didn't know those. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought it's you know because it's labeled Wu Tang meets the indie culture. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was that I I was confused. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the official album. No, but like, yeah, I'm just I'm finally happy, especially like Wu Tang ahead of their time like already collaborating mixing with everybody else that it's like going down now you know but it's like that album was, yeah dreddy cougar's an awesome producer along with mathematics um which is like their main producers that they have and like papa woo this old man but yeah it's like it's good Tip of the so point. i was a i was a huge outside of the box wu-tang fan mm-hmm. like my cousin and i would go out and like Law of the Dark Man, uh, what about the, that Wu Syndic Wu Syndicate album? How how'd you feel about that one? Yeah, it was good. Album uh, cover good, songs good. Mm-hmm. There, um, Grave Diggers, Grave Diggers, and like, uh, Shaheem the Rugged yeah. Child. Like that kid was like 13, yes. 13 years old, rapping all these fucking bars. Like, yeah. yeah. My cousin, that was when they could do no wrong. Wu Tang could do no wrong back then. Everything no. they put out was fire. Everything. So, my my wife borrowed my car like probably a year and a half ago, and I had my mixtape, which was all the the best songs off the solo albums. I'd be like, it was like two thousand three. I'm like, I got it. I got <laughs> yeah. all this shit. This is I'm gonna put it together on one. This is gonna be like the the dopest mm-hmm. and. Uh, she was like, what the fuck is this shit? And took it out and put it in the glove box and it got all scratched. And I'm like, that's, I, I'm pretty sure I still have the hard drive, but mm-hmm. I got no, like, I, I can't for my memory, go back through it. It's, it, and it makes me sad every time. I, I feel for the people who like pumpkin spice. They probably, they, they wouldn't like that. So that's why. Well, I mean, my <laughs> wife is fantastic. So if that's the one thing that she does, and I have to go back and listen to every Wu album and refine <laughs> and it, and listen yeah, it's a, it's a like, sacrifice you're willing to make. Yeah, I, I mean, I could do it tomorrow probably. I got, <laughs> I got, I mean, it's Saturday. As long as she's watching the kids, I could probably take care of that shit. Yeah, but <laughs> it's 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 tough for them to help watch the kids, you know. 
Yeah. Oh God. Our, my kids are fucking knuckleheads, man. No, it, it's love them, but they are. Yeah. They're a couple of weird. As as you well, know, uh, as you notice, my child came in, and I'm kind of working. My kids, we banished them upstairs. I put on Scooby-Doo and I locked them in their room. It was like, you were sitting here. I, I threw a pizza in through the, the side of the door and was like, you slid it underneath. <laughs> like they're, they're fed. I'm slipping like mm-hmm. uh, those Pedialyte tabs under the door because my daughter knows how to mix them in the water. Like they'll be fine. You got to have one child with the skills to help the other ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, my five-year-old, she just is like the smartest little thing in the world. And my, my son is, he must have the hardest head on, on earth because he just runs into shit nonstop. He was talking, looking back at us and literally put a dent in this dude's car. And I was like, uh, here's my insurance. And, uh, my, my, my like, bad, my oh. bad. He's, he's hey. like, is that your health insurance or your car insurance? <laughs> Uh, all right, we should move on, Sean. Yeah. I know Sean's trying to, but we're having too much fun. Yeah. Our, our question <laughs> of the week this week. Very important question. We are going to debate it briefly. Dr- do you guys prefer drums or flats when it comes to chicken wings? Ooh. Do you prefer the, I like, I like flats. Flats? What? I didn't even have to think about that. Yeah, flats all flats. day. What? Flats what all the fuck fucking is wrong day. with all of you? Are you kidding me? The meat in the flat. Drumsticks are, the drumsticks are, drumsticks are way better. The drumsticks are easier to eat, but the flats got the best meat. See, but yeah, that's, a lie. that's a lie, though, also, is the drums are harder to eat because you end up getting more tensile, like, tendons and teeth, shit, whereas yeah. the flats are just, like, the flats with that technique, the little smash down like this, where you split mm-hmm. it, boom! The best meat—it's in the fucking flats. But you can't yeah, even yeah. put them in oh, ranch. Yeah. You can't put them in ranch though. No, that's what. Yeah, a- no, after you do the fucking technique, boom! You could dip the whole fucking meat in ranch. Salutes, the whole, whole the fucking thing. All you gotta take is, is one of the the center bones out. See? Yeah. What is Shannon like? What is? And then Shannon you got like? the whole fucking wing out there. Listen, salutes. I will say this: salutes to my friend Shane, who like Shane. thirteen years ago showed me how like to cartilage. Had a slide, had a slide. The, the flat, thing, yeah. That was that was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I feel like it's too messy after you do that to like cleanly put it in the ranch. I feel like I, I get, I'm a messy eater. I get shit all over my fucking. But you're beard eating chicken wings. You're eating hair. chicken wings. It's meant to be fucking dirty anyways. It's like a sloppy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. sloppy Joe. It's not going to be clean all the that, fucking time. Finger food. Finger food, yeah. baby. Come on. Uh, wasn't it Carl's Jr.? Oh yeah! If it's not all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. Yeah, agree. <laughs> agree with you, Carl Junior. Yes, give me Jr. flats. I'm, give me I'm flats sticking, all day. I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm still sticking with drumsticks all day. Yeah, now give me flats all you, day. What kind of question is that, man? Yeah, you, you would look like the most petite motherfucker eating a eating a drumstick. Like, like. <laughs> Do you go pinky up with that? First of all, Flat. first Boom, of all, there's, first of all, there's no nibbling. There's no nibbling going on at all. The whole fucking thing is going in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pa- pause that. Have you seen that post? You fucking clean that post. Like, if you eat a chicken wing this way, 
You know what you're doing? <laughs> that's shot. Pinky up shit. No. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me. If you clean that chicken wing out, that means that means women love you. Did you know the English only eat drumsticks so that they can go pinky up all the time? The English, the English are weird. They're. I happen British. to love. I happen to love British people. How dare you? No, I love. No, no we we love British. People. Yeah, they're they're awesome, but they got a little bit of quirks. Like their beer is not that good. I went I went to London. The dr- <laughs> their beer is not that good. No, because like we go and I they're you like. Be careful what you're saying now. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because like sometimes I go in like an IPA and it was just a little kind of like not what I'm. Maybe you should drink some of those. I, I, look. There's no way fucking England doesn't have as good a beer as the United States. Come on. We fucking drink Coors Light and Bud Light. How dare you fucking insult the, the yeah. British kingdom? But we're well, also, but we're also like, we're also microbrew capital of the planet in America. True. I didn't say, that's what I said. Like, there's has to be, they've been drinking. You've been to bars, Caesar, that were 600, that are older than this fucking country. I have been. Do you so, have good beer there? No, I have been. To They're be just, honest. Like, I like it. When I went to London, I used to take them out of uh, the, uh, what's it called? When they don't have carbonation and out of the pump thing. I forget what it's called. But yeah. Nitrous? No, not the nitro. nitro? It, it was just like pumped. They had to like pump your. Oh, cask. Out of the cast, yeah. Yeah. And like, because uh, it was just like, I want to try it different every time. But like, sometimes I go and their IPAs weren't the same, you know? But well, there's more to beer than IPAs, is my point. No, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're you're you're, lo- you're judging lost. them on one beer. I'm lost. That's in like the you know. Well. That's like judging. Bar- <laughs> yeah, that's like judging barbecue on you know the sauce, chicken. the sauce, and not the rub. Mm-hmm. That yeah. yeah. I, to be honest, my favorite beers are actually. I don't know if they're English because I can't tell you where they're brewed, but. Uh, <laughs> Like Old Speckled Hen and Boddington's and Bass are like that. Those are my three hitters. If I see those, I'm just like, give me one of them. Give me one of them. Give me four of those other ones. Old, they're probably, I mean, Old they're Speckled definitely hen? probably from the UK, if not British. Yeah, I think they're definitely UK for sure. Uh, like, yeah, no, it's a, it just I went a, through Scotland. It's an English style beer. Yeah. Yeah. I went through Scotland and all they drink is like uh, Smirnoff ices. <laughs> now here's another one. <laughs> are they are they doing the ice challenge? <laughs> no, I mean this was like this was many years ago, mm-hmm. but like literally we walked into this bar and they're like, "Have you tried this uh, green fizzy pop?" And I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And it's literally like a turquoise green Smirnoff ice, and it, it's called something else. And I was like. Holy shit! That my teeth fell out at the bar, and, and literally, I look around the room, and we're in a room with 150 people, and they're like, we're in Glasgow, and they literally are like, there's not one person having a beer, and everybody's drinking these fucking hyper color fizzy pop thingies, and I was like, Jesus Christ, we're in the wrong spot. I thought they would drink nothing but Guinness out there. No, they don't. So no Guinness because it's too expensive and it's Irish. But John Smith Smooth. Huh. If you've never had John Smith, it's it is like they they serve it in like four different variations. It's like extra cold, draft, lukewarm, and like hot old. And hot. <laughs> and old. Yeah, old. Yeah. But no. Hmm. It, 
I, I actually appreciate that, that style of beer. I, it wouldn't go very far in the States, but, uh, like it's, it's got its place. Yeah. No. Cause when I went, I just cast beer all the time just to have a different, no carbonation. They're like, oh, no, we don't refrigerate it. It just sits in our storm cellar for 18 months. And you're like, yeah, give me one of those. Give me that one. Give me that one. Right? Oh. That's why I did it. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. And then you have like you by halfway through it and you're like, oh, fuck. Because it definitely Go. like beer changes in the temperature. You know, like if you let it sit, just like it changes. Yeah. Different profile with any kind of beer. So when, when I bring when I drink a beer, I, I literally hold it in my hand long enough to to make it i try and make it as rodeo cool as possible because if it's good lukewarm like you would be drinking it at the rodeo yeah not that i'm a big rodeo fan that's just the parameter that i have but the ro- uh, the rodeo i like that that, that was a good one like that's a good if one. it's it, if it's rodeo cool mm-hmm. like Probably it's rodeo cool, like that little fucking then, then it's it's drinkable cold yeah for sure no, and that's why I like cast beer. I like because if it's good on a cast, then it's going to be good chilled with some carbonation, you know? Hell yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Sean's over there eating his, his uh, turkey sandwich. Jumbo. <laughs> no, I was going to go with the, uh, the drums. <laughs> oh, the, the drumsticks. Pinky up over there. Flats all day. <laughs> oh, what's next, Sean? What's next? It is time for world news. I got Carlos. We start off. We start off this week with uh, the president, Agent Orange, in an Atlantic article Mm -hmm. that is fucking horrible, referring to soldiers as losers, suckers, and just generally disrespecting the armed forces. And uh, looking like the fucking piece of shit that he is. Yes. And I was thoroughly upset because I have plenty of friends that, you know, you know, salute to you guys being in the service like yams and everybody like that. But it's just like to treat the troops like that, like they're serving our country and you're going to call them losers and, you know, that they're lame, that they're dumb for going yeah, into yeah. the military. Like this is what upsets and me. Like, he never even served a day in his life. Nothing. And he wouldn't even be close to fucking doing anything like that because he's a shook-ass piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, he thinks of them as suckers because they do stuff that's not for it. Like, it's, like, for the good. Like, he thinks, mm. like, in the article, it was saying, like, he looks at people who do things, like, to help others without any monetary reward as suckers. And it's funny, too, it's because, because a lot of my friends that are in the military, they know they're going into places for wrong reasons, but they keep going because they're trying to help their brothers. You know, it's more of like a camaraderie thing. Like there's a lot of people like, I don't even know why I went to like wherever they, you know, they were deployed to. We did no good, you know? And like for people people to be on the ground floor and to say things like that, like that says a lot. Yeah, this is the guy that's yeah. commanding them. I, I think it's a, a kind of a testament to where we're at as a society, though, is that it's just so freaking brutal that people are analyzing things like that. Like, he's looking at that as, a, as like a terrible thing as opposed to just 
like pretty, kind of celebrating the sacrifice that that these people are making anyway yeah and he looks at moves as business moves and for him that's not a business move so it's just like that that's something not in his wheelhouse you know we'll see there's yeah there's a difference between business and and like bunkness and that's definitely like some serious bunkness yeah yeah uh, he wouldn't even his his you know former chief of staff General Kelly like they went to visit his son's grave, and at his at this dude's son's grave he turned around and asked him like what was in it for him, like asked the the guy's father, like in at his son's grave, it's just it's insane to me. I mean it's not look look no no it, I'm it, not surprised by yeah. any I wasn't surprised by a goddamn word in that article. Really. No no and exactly but like it surprises me that a lot of America still follows that shit. And takes some has I think fucking all kinds yeah. of like that that's what bothers me the most. I I think it, the issue is that the I mean when it comes to following him is that the the upper, like the opponent, isn't significant enough to dissuade people from their their idea. It's like uh, the best of I mean, two they, evils. They, they, like the let's be real, the it's more the Church of Trump than the like the, he is deified in that yeah, in that yeah. realm. And so, what you're trying, what you literally are trying to do, is talk people from like Christianity to Islam. <laughs> true yeah that's, that's a fucking perfect example but it shouldn't and be so, like that like that's the thing like it's that's not what it's supposed to be it's, it's no we're supposed, supposed to yeah like if no, if biden said some shit like that i would be like that's the difference it's like biden said some shit like that i'd be like fuck it yeah. like he's a fucking terrible person right. I, you know like I, the, there's nothing you know like if you told me if you said biden fucking assaulted women i would be like he needs to fucking step down I'm not gonna fucking ride with him. You know what I mean? Right. But people I'm gonna vote for him. But if someone if he did this terrible shit, I would be like, no, fuck him. Like they, we need to get someone else. Mm-hmm. That's I I mean, I think that is the the point is that we've gotten too complacent with the two party system to right. where when it when it comes down to it, we're we're crossing off negatives on each side and seeing who still has a positive left. Right. That's the issue. I mean, and I mean, really. But if we had a multi-party system, things like would make, in the like in the UK, yeah. But like, uh, but like you said, it's with, like, their, it, with their pinky up, <laughs> and, yeah, they're, and they're, they're fucking up too. Yeah. Though. But but like, right. but like, like <laughs> you said, it's more like religion stuff. You know, like people, like so many yeah. people stay Republican because their parents were Republican and their parents were Republican or Democrat, yeah. and it's just like too much of that religious thing like you were talking about where it's like it doesn't matter what you say about it i'm gonna stick to my guns and this is how it's gonna be and it should it should be it should be the best for like the people like what are you gonna benefit from it and a lot of people don't understand that could you i mean think about it this way i mean and i don't not that i this is the first time i've thought about it this way but i mean like now that we're talking about it think about being a catholic in boston in like the early 2000s through like the spotlight era when they were talking about like how the the catholic church was covering up child molestation Mm -hmm. and now that's infringing on your catholicism in many ways like there's 
there's issues with all the parties that we're a part of. And we, we sacrifice a little bit of integrity every time we, we okay anything that um, we normally would disagree with. And that's kind of, it's, it, it's incredible, yeah. but that that's kind of the culture that we've, we've built. Yeah. That being said, fucking we're, I'm going to vote for Biden. So, you know, yeah, they're, they're not putting fucking children in cages or no. defending the fucking Kenosha shooter. Yeah. Like, Dude. Oh, so. Kenosha shooter, idiot. Uh, but I, I, I don't even know who I'm going to vote for. It won't be probably either of them. I'll tell you that much. No, you know, and it's crazy because it's just like the kid did so much, and they're he's just defending him, and it's just like ah, oh, it just it gets me so mad every time. Every time I think about it, yeah. I don't think that violence is ever the answer. I think that like, like I'm a a firm believer in disagreeing with people mm-hmm. and and vehemently disagreeing with people like to the point where you know you cuss at them from time to time but like violence has never never solved anything every every violent interaction we've ever had in our life gets gets figured out through an armistice and a treaty which are conversations mm-hmm. so yeah but i mean america's built on violence though that's that's why we're addicted no, to it like, like my- that, that's like that's that's our mo. Like that's that's you know we try we say these things, but like we're yeah. fu- we're fuck like, boys of the world. Yeah, <laughs> well, like America, you know, I mean, America, America's the fuck boy of all the countries. Really. Someone, someone, someone posted. They're like, hey, like, uh, what do uh, people from not from outside the U.S. think of America? And like the top comment was like, some chick was like, if twenty twenty was a year, it'd be America. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> No, but, I, but I, I think that we need to take, sorry, no, no, no. Go ahead. I think that uh, more of us need to take ownership of that though. And it's not, you're not, you're never going to change anything on a, on a national level, but it, it starts with what you guys are doing and then, and then kind of expanding. Like my wife is constantly because I bitch and moan to her <laughs> incessantly uh, she's constantly like, why don't you get into politics? And I'm like, because there's no money in politics. But like, unless, essentially, unless, well, there can unless, be. And unless, there can be. Unless you take in the money, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> most people in the fucking Congress are millionaires yes. for a reason. Right. But those are those are the same people that can afford. Mm-hmm. They can already afford exactly. to, to exactly. spell that amount of money. Like, from, if you're starting from a ground roots... Like, look at J.D. Draculich. Like, he is, he's still in Ward 1 in Reno, Nevada. Hasn't hasn't got the votes necessary probably to win Ward 1, which is city council member for, like, the downtown district of Reno, Nevada. And he's right. a... He's I live OG, in Ward 1. He's an OG Reno kid. Uh, intelligent as fuck. He wants what's, like really good for downtown Reno and he's been involved in the community forever. And I'm not just name dropping him, but I'm using him as an example of someone that like maybe doesn't have the inherent background necessary besides a family of like real estate professionals um, that are that, but he wants to be involved in the culture and how long are, is he going to be shunned by, you know, the, the people that are going to be looking at him as an un inexperienced real estate like 
agent at, at that point in time because there's definitely some some questions there but he he wants good no and like and like you were saying before where everyone else in the world looks at us different when you know i know you probably experienced this too but when traveling sometimes like how you talk and how you're like you do that you know like how you are in other places they're like you're from america and they get like they get weirded out because it's not what they see on tv you know because like like last time i went to london when i'd be at a bar they'd be like how do you feel about your president you know and i'd be like fuck that dude and next thing you know they're like oh you're cool let's start talking let's start fucking having some pints you know and it's just crazy how we're seen outside of this bubble we're in you know even though it's a big bubble like but you know it's just wild to think that way it's it's different i mean i i lived in italy for almost a year um when bush invaded uh afghanistan iraq iraq yeah and i remember i remember like the issues that i had over there but it was i mean the the thing was as long as you're open to a like a conversation it made a fucking shit ton of difference to people like if you prove that like we're not the aggressive culture that we're a like a cognitive culture yeah it made a no, huge no. difference. It, it's, it's crazy attitudes change because like I went after like like my best example is after an Arsenal game, after a football game, you know, I, I didn't want to go into the subway because the lines were so wild, you know. So I was like in the bars around there because there's so many people and they want to drink. You could only get into the bars if you had a game ticket, you know. So then I went into one bar and there was this this a dad and his son there. And they were drinking and they happened to be next to me. And they're like, <laughs> fucking Carlos having a blast. And uh, they were like, that was like, like, what about your president? And I was like, you know, and I told them shit. And next thing you know, like we were having a blast because they're like, you're different from all the other Americans we see here. You know? I, I, I had a similar experience with a, a group from Moscow the last time when I was in Germany, mm-hmm. I was in, uh, where was I? I was in, it was uh, Munich. It, yeah, it was Munich. And they were, it was Bayern playing like CSKA Moscow in the Champions League. And we just happened to be staying at the same hostel. And I'm by myself and there's these four you know, Russian dudes, and they're like, who are you rooting for? And I was like, I, honestly, I don't really care. I'm, I'm American. And they're like, you're American? And they're like, and, and then we, we had like that Russian-American like tension to begin with, and it was like, what the fuck is going on? And then it was like... Was I, it, was I, it I, the like, Cold like, War at the at bar? Each, yeah, we looked at each other, and it was like, how about we just do a shot, and, and then we fucking just talk this shit yeah. out and you and guys, you guys got all stern start eyeing each other up yeah like everybody it was like you're russian you're american it was like like fucking some diabolical shit yeah, and in yeah, my yeah. eyes and it was it was but then at the mm. end of the night i'm literally like holding two of them like on the side uh, of my arm yeah, yeah, yeah. and having fun and we're 
there we're like chugging beers i i got so fucked up i farted five guys out of our hostel room <laughs> you farted them out yeah i was <laughs> i was so fucked up i was just farting up a storm in my hostel room and these like they made complaints i woke up <laughs> i fell asleep in a hostel room that i remember having like six guys in it and i woke up by myself and i got a complaint from the hostel owner like or the person running it like uh, you're not allowed to get that drunk because you smell were like farting shit. up a storm, buddy. It was the funniest fucking shit. I've never been yeah. so proud of my like intestines, yet so weirded out by like what the fuck happened while I was asleep. Salute to you, Tyler. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> that is a great it was, story. It was incredible. All right. So next question. Next one. <laughs> back to hip hop. We always go back to hip hop in this thing. So Fifty Cent and Ti are beefing slash trolling each other, and because on the internet, my favorite troll on the planet is Fifty Cent. He just talks shit in a different manner that nobody can handle, and I think they're just doing it because they just um, they're both producers on this upcoming show. So like to like get some limelight on there, they're trolling each other and just talking shit because they also want to do a uh, a battle. They want to do a versus like Monica and Brandy. So I think it's like a big hype, a big thing. Fucking like Fifty Cent and his fucking like marketing scheme. Exactly, and you know Fifty and yeah. his, Fifty and his marketing best troller on the fucking internet. And uh, what? And, so what have they? What have they been doing? Look at Fifty Cent. T.I. comes with like one thing. 50 Cent comes with like six. <laughs> and it, they're so funny. It's just like like uh, 50's like my my freshman album made so much money and yours made this and that. And they're just like battling each other out. But I think it's just is for production. And people just need to look at 50 Cent trolling people because it's immaculate. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. I think, I think if 50 Cent wants to actually battle ti he's got to get down to that weight that he was at in, the, in that movie with the movie or the video remember that that movie that he made where he yeah he get rich or die trying yeah hell yeah, yeah i remember that movie that movie's a shit <laughs> no 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 i'm no the one there was a movie where he was like i forget what how sick he was playing like some sick dude but uh he got down to like ti's weight oh, so, oh like, shit. dang I am. Yeah, I don't remember that bars one. Together, they got to be the same weight level because <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, there's a there's a there's a, a bit of game there, you know, kind of like boxing. Yes. That's why that's there why different weight classes. Yeah. Like if you go yeah, down or up, mm-hmm. it's a mental yeah. thing. Yeah. Interesting. I love 50 Cent. I, I really do. He's a national him. treasure. No, he is. He is. He is. Like. He says like, some of the funniest shit. That's yeah. the thing. Like that guy was the hardest fucking rapper twenty years ago, and now he's like the funniest, most laid back fucking person. He just trolls on, on he, the internet. He trolls and talks shit. So it's so fantastic. I just laugh he's, every time. When I think of gives no fuck, I think of like Fifty Cent on the fucking internet uh, with a pile yeah. of a guy like on a pile then, of money on a pile of when money. You're, yeah, when you're a real gangster, you can fucking talk whatever shit you want on the internet. Because who the fuck's gonna fuck with it? I, I think it's crazy to think about the what was the group that he was in with the game? G Unit. G Unit. Yes. G Unit. So, 
So I mean, like, could you? How imagine? could you forget that? <laughs> I, 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 they made I a fu- they made fucking multiple video games, bro. <laughs> That's true. Didn't they have? <laughs> but also, fifty I'm talk. Gonna... I think fifty talks so much shit on the game that he thought he was in different clicks. <laughs> <laughs> no i like literally that's how so like when it comes to hip-hop uh i was so ingrained with east coast hip-hop like wu-tang fucking atmosphere underground style like my cousin uh who you guys both know like we we would go Ian out Watson. And, Ian, yeah, yeah we would go out and like record shop and buy and if we thought it was too like overground be like, no, 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 we ain't gonna lie. that this. shit away. And only, mm-hmm. So only when I got older did I start to listen to some of this shit, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of catchy. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's with good. the finger snap. Uh, were you fucking? Yeah. Were you <laughs> fucking <laughs> shopping with your pinkies up? You fucking elitist motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, maybe. Flats all day. Flats all day. <laughs> but. Oh, but we've legit, officially lost Carlos now. Yeah. Legit, you that girl, why, that you girl on why, there. You wonder why I, I own like every individual Wu Tang album. Mm-hmm. And it's because all I, I was like so Wu Tang ingrained mm-hmm. that it was like, all right. But now it's, I, I literally stopped. I, I kind of I stopped listening to hip hop when I got a punk rock girlfriend in like 2002. And it, she opened up my world because I was trying to get pussy as opposed to just listen to music. Hey, but also we Funny always how that works. Also, we always yeah, we always strange. we always talk about on the show, punk rock and hip hop come from the same roots. They Definitely, come, they come from being like pushed down in society. They come from that. They're two, they're two sides of the same coin. Exactly. Yeah. And like that, like, it was. I listen to punk rock too, and like I listen to a bunch of all like alternative music that people don't even like when i bring up music sometimes they look at me and they're like how do you listen to that band and i was just like just just because i look brown and i listen to like they have small they have small minds and i'm like just because i listen to like reggie in the full effect saves the day you know and things like that and like like the ramones you know there's just like like you you look like you only listen to hip-hop and i was like nah i love all kinds of music and punk, exactly. and punk rock and hip hop came from the same shit from like against yeah. the man anti-establishment you know like definitely put rock punk rock said anti-establishment you know but in hip hop they were like no anti like the government they're fucking us you know they didn't stay establishment like punk rock used to do but we came from the same roots and that's why I love punk rock so much and especially like in the UK they got awesome punk rock out there and then oh. as well in America, and it's just like I love that stuff. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm a huge I'm a, I'm still a huge punk rock fan. Mm-hmm. I go I go through my like ebbs and flows. After working at a mm-hmm. at, at like a nightclub, it was such a struggle to like uh, to listen to modern day hip hop mm-hmm. or like music in general because I heard it so repetitively and like the redundancy and the lyrics and everything mm-hmm. was just so. Like, it, 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 I don't think it's not good music. I just, it's not for me music. But, and, yeah, but in any pop culture music, yeah, it's it's very repetitive. It's very, like, yeah. same four chords, you know? Like, even in country, even in hip-hop, even in, like, you know, anything pop, it's the same thing if you really listen to it. 
Oh, definitely. Do you remember, hey, do you guys remember that, sh the shows, the under, like the basement shows, the punk rock shows they used to have down next to like off of Well Street? They, I think they just tried to bulldoze those things, but it. Oh, it's like, like a, uh, the eyeball, right? It's yeah, a, I mean, yeah. it was down, mm -hmm. God, there was a. Yeah, like I think, I, I can I think this management company bought those houses and they're going to bulldoze them. But yeah, yeah, it's like the eyeball and it's like these houses, right? These brick houses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I remember going to so many shows there and just like going with my cousin and just being like, let's, let's drink a couple forties and still reserve and see what this is like. And <laughs> it was just, it was fucking like, I, I actually miss that freedom. And I don't think the kids are like kids that are 20 these days aren't going to have the same experience that we did then because mm -hmm. things are so technologically like focused nowadays it's uh i like i look at my kids and i, I think about how they're going to do digital concerts probably their entire existence they're never going <laughs> to see a live show because like it's not going to be a thing and uh no and the like, way in the way bands or hip-hop groups do a live show is different from when you hear on the record fucking a yeah most definitely so i I don't know. I, uh, you guys sound yeah. super fucking old right now. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> and I'll still bench press those kids' blocks, too, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you gotta, it's a fine line between being fucking the old man yelling at kids to get off your lawn and the OG. It's a fine line. Oh, I'm putting a stage in my backyard and having, like, shit go off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's uh, why I bought a bar, so that when my son wants to party, I can just be like, are you 21? Like, well, okay, you can't party here yet. Come to my house. And then yeah. once he turns 21, he gets to get fucking... My son My son will know what the fuck he's doing from day one, like, responsibility-wise. Like, there's no excuse. Make sure you have so, your insurance card just in case he headbutts uh, another car. <laughs> or a wall, or... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he just has a really big head and he just like flings it around like a strong ass neck. Yeah. Oh, well, that Wu Tang you're listening to. He's just protecting his neck. He's got a strong ass neck. That, but mean, that would make sense too. But also, kids are top heavy in general until they become like yeah. like eighteen or nineteen years old. Usually top heavy. Yeah. All right. He's, I mean, he's top heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, the next thing we got, it's America could be kicked out of the Olympics. I haven't heard about this. So let me go to my article real quick. But so America could get kicked out because America doesn't want. So to be part of the Olympics, you have to pay for like a, a monthly or a quarterly stipend to a anti-drug or anti-performance enhancing academy that they they get that money and then they check all the athletes and all things like that but america right. is threatening not to pay their dues anymore why because they want more americans in the committee <laughs> so that's why they're not gonna they're threatening not to pay and they're like if you guys don't pay then you guys won't be in the Olympics. And that's for like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fuck boy shit. And that's for no, and that's the fucking shit. And that's this is what gets me mad because salute to Paris. 
homegirl riding BMX is, you know, supposedly going to be in the, no, she's going to be in the Olympics if the Olympics happen, but they're threatened not to pay their dues because they want like more Americans or more people in the council, in the committee that oversees it. So that's why like, mm -hmm. and it's been happening the whole fucking time, but like, that's, that's their reasoning is they they want more like American things in the committee? So, John, you start on this one. <laughs> I have, I don't even know what to say. Like, what you know? It, it, there's nothing to say. Whatever. It's just fucking embarrassing. Yeah, and it's just like, why can't if we're a, because back in the day, the Olympics, like if you were in the Olympics and you did good, that made you a power country. You know, like. You're doing good uh, in the economy and you're winning all these awards. Like it's part of a, like a little game plan for like the world, you know, but, but yeah, America's just trying to fuck boys some fucking shit. Like fucking our president's doing with everything else and it's annoying and it sucks. Terrible. Mm hmm. Well, uh, shall we move on to the, the hero of the week, Caesar? Hero of the week. I'm about to click on that article actually. Right here. So, um this black woman, she was gonna go from um Michigan to DC to go for uh the the new uh walk on Washington, the march on Washington, right? But on her way she gets harassed by this lady who kept saying like, why don't blue lives matter? And she's a black lady and she has like a blue lives matter mask and she keeps getting like kind of harassed. They offer the lady to like, we'll give you another seat or anything like that. She's like, no, I'll stay here. So she goes on to uh, DC, does her walk. And on the flight back, they upgrade her to like business class. And they give her a pin saying like black lives matter and things like that. And they're like, so sorry about your experience on the flight that we're going to upgrade Damn. you. Yeah. What what company was that? It was Delta. You know? Really? Well, Delta, Delta has to be good. They were fucking people up, you know, last year. So. No, no. They have to be. But I guarantee, like, Delta didn't say, like, bumper up. I guarantee it was, like, the flight attendant or the, the pilot or something like that, you know? But they, like, they, they bumped her up on the flight back home to like business or first class and they give her a pin that said black lives matter, but it also had, it was a Delta pin. So, uh, her name was, uh, what Demetria Poe, 25 years old, flying from Minneapolis to DC. Yeah. Yeah. And the flight to DC, she was just harassed and she just, they offered her like another seat and she's like, Nope, this is where I need to be. And the lady just kept saying like blue lives matter and all kinds of stuff. And then on the flight back, she got upgraded. So salute to the flight crew, because I feel the flight crew is the one that bumped her yeah. up. Because usually on like runs like that, it's usually the same crew when you go there, same crew when you come back and things like that. But also Delta to have a pin that says Black Lives Matter and they like bumped her up. So that's a big salute to them. Nice. Mm hmm. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this week in racism, 
What do you There's got? been over 2,000 documented cases of racist incidents against people of Asian descent since basically March, since COVID started. Uh, Damn. Like, like acid, like people throwing acid in their faces. Acid? People like people fucking harassing them and like beating them up, like jumping them on the street and shit. It's been terrible. Uh, like they start, it was so bad. They started like a task force to track it in March where like you can like report these incidents. So they've been tracking it. That's so like that's since like the end of March when they started recording this. That's how bad it's gotten. So, you know, everyone's out there, you know, like saying Black Lives Matter and everything standing up but, like racism is affecting all people of color like during these times. So it's just fucking crazy. And uh, on that note, our, my song of the week is called Captain America by Year of the Ox. They made a, they made a song earlier that kind of dealt with this uh, called Viral, which is a great music video. Go watch that on YouTube if you haven't, because uh, Year of the Ox, they're both Korean. They're from Virginia Beach, Virginia. So uh, they're, they're, they just made a mixtape, and this is a new single they just got called Captain America. So listen and uh, learn something. Χωρίς αγάπη μες στο σκοτάδι με συντροφεύουνε Yeah, part of my progress Parting seas is part of my process Policies, I promise the process Apologies, I'm not in the mindset Focused on the large issue High's the pitch of a dog whistle I'm lost with you Follow the sounds of the gunshots That's when the fun stops Cause that's when the fun stops And that's when the sun drops The young and hungry can't get a gumdrop The money hungry aiming for lung shots We can't breathe Even with masks They can't even act like they even matter Just cause we asked they became even madder Blame it on the people in office that's playing God There's never been a time that this often I prayed to God Lost in vacant thoughts, pacing, it pays to talk So much drama as of late to get jaded, it takes a lot Walk a day or two, try to put yourself inside your neighbor's shoe Paint the piper just to get a pay-per-view I see too many lies, too much cap in America I want a shield from it all, I need a Captain America I want to break down the systems that we kept in America I Had to react to black people getting capped in America What happened to Brianna, you know what happened to Erica They taking all my air, now to compare to Eric But I can't share a track unless they know that I care No crazy woman in my ear, that's why I'm blowing a Karen up When I think of Floyd, I think of 12 round sounds of the bell Now I think of brothers being grounded by rounds of the 12 Mother's tears Fall to the ground like the sound of the shell It's hard to believe in God will be surrounded in hell That's why before I sleep I say a prayer for him Every night, room scarce, food scarce That's why we tear bite 4.51 in the morning, you feel the Fahrenheit Praying for my brothers a fair life Ever since it went viral they don't know how to act now We talking to the masses We've been on them like mass now They wanna see the crash now They wanna see all the bodies on display We respawn and then respawn Before the bodies all decay A couple months into the lockdown Cabin fever is setting in Weary to let it cough out Cancel meetings and everything Can't believe what I've seen I mean I really don't know what to feel Like what's the deal Shit's become surreal That it's become surreal But the sun is still shining on us Nature's taking course Ain't this what they predicted Ancient when it was written Distance isn't simple it's socially awkward But all the closet introverts are emotionally stronger Onto the bigger and better ventures Eventually it'll be mentioned in conversations Like remember when everyone held their elbows out Remember when the toilet paper and every grocery shelf was out Definitely be a story we'll tell about if it mellows out Wait a minute, I just saw Contagion with Matt Damon in it 
people complaining, saying the president still mislabeling it. We painted a picture with viral to make a statement with it. Yak State committed the beat stop, but the hating did it. Why are my people getting burned alive? I wonder that. Last year I was discussing boom bap and mumble rap. Now they wanna kill song. Now they wanna drill song. Lil Asian ladies copping shotguns. Lil punks. Tiger to walking around called chick What you think, think what happened? You kept calling them ling lings. Basic instinct. Haters, racists, they're exposed. They threw rocks at my people. Now we sharing stones. Before you pass judgment, just look at the facts, Your Honor. The camera captured the moment when he smacked my mama. You have to understand when that happened. I snapped Your Honor. I followed him back to his pad and put some kidnappers on him. I treated him like how he treat my mom. Now that's a problem. Last month, someone ambushed my aunt through some Macedonia. What you think I'ma do? Call Benny Lou, chat about it. Repost the video, change the status of that about it. Well, that was our uh, song of the week, Captain America. We'll be back next week with part two of this interview, where we analyze that and finish out hearing the rest of the interview from Pax and Pints. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever podcasts are consumed. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.